that introductory music. Thank you for that, uh, musicians. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to our second uh, digital service at Shoalhaven Baptist Church. We're going to start with song number seven in uh, just a moment. Song number seven, Come Thou Fount. Uh, we'll have the words there for you, uh, Lord willing. Hope that works out. Uh, you'll sing along with us, but let's go ahead and uh, ask the Lord to bless uh, in prayer at this time. Dear Lord, we thank you for the day you've given to us. We thank you for the ability we have, Lord, uh, to meet as saved people, to, uh, to gather together, Lord, and, uh, and experience uh, uh, just the blessing of being, uh, being a, a child of God. We're thankful that uh, you've given us the technology to be able to uh, present uh, singing, present uh, preaching, Lord, so that we can enjoy uh, that uh, this morning. We pray that you'd bless we pray that you speak to our hearts. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's go ahead and uh, look at song number seven, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. here this morning. While I'm uh, making these, you can go ahead and open your Bibles to uh, our memory verse, our new memory verse, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. Let me just mention, uh, as I've already said, this is our second uh, Sunday of having uh, digital church services. And uh, from here on out for a number of weeks, as long as it goes on, uh, we'll be making these available uh, on YouTube. Children's Sunday School was uh, online at 10 a.m. this morning. I hope you were able to see that, uh, all you young ones. But uh, uh, that will be available each Sunday as well. Prayer meeting 
uh, Wednesday, 7 o'clock. Uh, we'd normally be meeting. Right now, just uh, pray at home. Pray for those that you know uh, are in need of prayer. Maybe text someone, let them know you're praying for them. Uh, if you need more details about anyone, anyone's situation, call pastor. Then uh, let's remember to continue giving uh, financially uh, through online banking, or you can make a deposit uh, at the bank. You can use the uh, BSB and account number. And again, if you need that, uh, you can call me or call pastor. And then uh, let's remember, remember also to support our missionaries uh, through online banking the same way. Uh, it's just uh, a different uh, BSB and a different uh, account uh, number. All right, then on April 12th, let's uh, be looking forward to uh, Easter Sunday uh, church services uh, here on the YouTube channel as well. All right, let's go ahead and look at uh, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 30. Let's uh, read it together twice. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. One more time. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. All right. Let's uh, go now to our next uh, hymn. 488. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Thank you, Pastor Hall. Thank you, uh, 
at home who have been singing along and hopefully enjoying uh, a church service this morning. It's a little bit unusual for us. We're here at church and there's just a few of us, um, but we do truly hope that uh, you've been blessed uh, by today's church service and uh, uh, we know we're living in uh, strange and unusual times, but uh, do uh, uh, continue on to uh, turn to the YouTube channel each Sunday morning and uh, enjoy church service with us. Perhaps this morning you'd like to turn to the book of Luke and Luke chapter 7, um, and we're going to be looking at a few verses there from verse uh, 18, and uh, I want to speak to you this morning about a man who uh, spent some time on his own. We're not spending some time on our own right at the moment, but through the week many of us are. So I want to share some thoughts about that with you this morning. So if you turn to Luke chapter 7, uh, that'll be great. We'll read a few verses from there in just a few minutes. You know, we live in these times that are extraordinary. Uh, we've not seen these in our lifetime before. And uh, uh, times of uh, difficulty, times of distress, and even times of doubt. These are the present times uh, that we live in. And they've been brought about, these present troubles have brought, been brought about by the COVID-19 virus, which is affecting us all around. If you've not been infected actually by the virus, you've been affected by uh, it happening. And so uh, there's all kinds of chaos and, and confusion and uncertainty around in our society this morning. Uh, we've been uh, listening to uh, the things that the government has had to say to us, and we're pleased that they're doing things. But many of you through the week have been confined, confined to your home, to your house, not everybody's been able to go to work. Many of us have kind of just been staring at four walls. Recently, a friend of mine sent me um, the text of a letter uh, that was written by Samuel Marsden. Samuel Marsden was the second chaplain of the colony of New South Wales, and he wrote this letter in December of uh, 1824 to a lady uh, whose name he doesn't mention who was uh, distressed and troubled because she was all alone. She lived uh, isolated from other people because of distance. So I want to read to you just a little bit of that letter. So Samuel Marsden in part said this, Though God is everywhere and his presence fills heaven and earth, Yet all places are not equally favourable for the growth of religion in our souls. We want Christian society. We want public ordinances. We want social worship. Without communion and fellowship with God, without our souls going after him, we cannot be easy. We cannot be happy. We are dissatisfied with ourselves and all that's around us. A little matter puts us out of humour and Satan gains easy advantage over us. We become prey to discontent, to murmuring and are prone to overlook the great things God has done for us. So today I want to share with you some thoughts that may be a help to you about a great man who found himself all alone and in distress. He lived in Bible times and his time of isolation and of trouble 
is something we can learn from. In that time, he turned to Jesus. So let's go to our Bibles and Luke chapter 7. And in verse 18, I'm going to read a few verses here and you can follow along. So Luke chapter 7 and verse 18. And the disciples of John showed him all of these things. And John, calling unto him two of his disciples, sent them to Jesus, saying, Art thou he that should come? Or look we for another? And when the men were come unto him, they said, John the Baptist hath sent us unto thee, saying, Art thou he that should come? Or look we for another? And in that same hour he cured many of their infirmities and plagues and of evil spirits, and under many that were blind he gave sight. Then Jesus answering said unto them, Go your way and tell John what things ye have heard and seen. How that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, to the poor the gospel is preached. And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. Let's just take a moment to pray before we proceed from here. Our Heavenly Father, as we think this morning of all those who are isolated and alone, Lord God, I pray that you would bless them where they are. Lord, that you might encourage their hearts, lift up their souls. And Lord, just be that help to them in these unusual and terrible times. Lord God, if there be some out there who are listening on, watching on, Lord, who do not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour, I pray today, would be the day of their salvation. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Luke, in this part of his gospel narrative, doesn't particularly mention that John was in jail, but he had mentioned that previously. And if we were to go to Luke chapter 3, we'd find there recorded what Luke had written about that. And this is what he said. But Herod the Tetrarch, being reproved by him for Herodias, his brother, Philip's wife, and for all the evils which Herod had done, added yet this above all, that he shut up John in prison. John had uh, mentioned, uh, he had proclaimed quite loudly, I think, that Herod had done a few evil things and Herod didn't like it. And so he took John and locked him up and put him in prison. Now, this wasn't the kind of prison that we have today in our society. This is pretty rough. It was would have been cold and damp and dirty and miserable and uh, probably quite dark and a nasty place to be. But during this time of John's imprisonment, it's likely that some of his followers who had been previously Uh, his disciples became disciples of Jesus. Well, we know that to be the case. It also seems that uh, those same disciples would have had access to John there in prison. And so they were able to communicate somewhat with him. Now, no doubt they told him of the miracles that they'd seen Jesus do and how the crowds were flocking around and how Jesus had proclaimed the gospel and how uh, uh, he had done these miracles And they'd seen all these things and they were amazed at what they had seen and heard. And we can well imagine these faithful but somewhat impatient disciples talking to John 
and saying to them, we have heard the wonderful words and seen the powerful miracles. And then discussing with John the Baptist uh, the promise of the coming kingdom of the Messiah who the Jews were desperately looking for at that time and who they thought Jesus to be. And asking themselves, is Jesus the Messiah? Is it really him? Maybe they thought the kingdom of the Messiah was um, to be set up like all worldly kingdoms were at that time by the shouting of fighting men and the, the noise of battle. Perhaps they thought that this being God's kingdom, he might uh, organise it by some powerful demonstration, uh, a miraculous event. But after many months in prison, John, who was far more used to the open countryside than prison walls, was surely feeling a little more like a caged bird than a messenger of Christ. Doubts began to enter his mind. He began to wonder, what's going on? Have I really done the right thing? Was the one that I, that I announced was, was the Son of God, was this Jesus really him? Is he the Messiah? Did I announce it right or did I get it wrong? John's coming, the coming of John the Baptist, had been predicted in the Old Testament. He wasn't given a name, but he was predicted by the prophet Malachi. And in Malachi chapter 3, in the first verse, we read this. Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in. Behold, he shall come saith the Lord of hosts. And Isaiah in the Old Testament also wrote about John, saying this, The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight the desert a highway for our God. And you can read that in Isaiah chapter 40 and in the third verse. Now, later on, Jesus had ratified, he had um, made sure that John's ministry was what people thought it was. And Matthew in his gospel records these few words that Jesus said about John the Baptist. And in Matthew chapter 3, verse 3, it's recorded that Jesus said, for this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Elias. And so we understand, we know John was the man. He was the one to announce the coming of Christ. He had done what was right. He hadn't made a mistake. But many months of deprivation, many months of being locked up by yourself and looking at nothing but a few bare prison walls and, and just being in ill health and poorly fed and, and just a terrible situation. These things can do strange things. To a mind. There's a difference, though, between unbelief and doubt. John had began to doubt. He began to doubt his own ministry, and he began to doubt whether, in fact, Christ was who he thought he was. Unbelief and doubt—they're different things. It's doubt 
which is a matter of the mind, when we don't understand, when we're not clear about something, we're uncertain about something. What is God doing? Why is he doing it? Now, doubt's not always wrong. In fact, one Bible scholar, Oswald Chambers, said that it might well be an indication that a man is thinking. Doubt and unbelief are not the same. Unbelief is a matter of the will. When we say, I will not, and refuse to believe God, doubt asks a question. Unbelief just says, no, I won't believe. John was doubting, doubting himself. It's not unusual to have doubts. Even for those who, in the Bible, we might think of as the you know, great towers of strength, spiritual giants that we find uh, recorded in the Bible. Um, take Moses, for instance. Moses, the great leader of the, uh, the, Israel, uh, the, the Jewish nation as it was sort of beginning to, to come about, as they had been taken out of Egypt and uh, wandered through the desert. He was the one who led the children of Israel. But there was a day when he was ready to quit. Perhaps more than one day in 40 years that he led them. But on this occasion, the people complained about the manna that God had provided for them for food. The manna was a kind of a cake thing, maybe like a pancake uh, that uh, arrived each morning miraculously and was gone by the time the sun came up. And each person gathered up what they needed and whatever they gathered was what they needed. And this was a a wonderful food for them and it kept them healthy and well, but they didn't like it. They were sick of it. Porridge every morning, every lunchtime, every evening. They wanted meat and they wanted the leeks and the garlics that they'd had back in the land of uh, Egypt uh, where they had come from. They complained, they grizzled, they murmured. And Moses got a bit sick of it. And he said to God, Wherefore hast thou afflicted thy servant? And then the scriptures record that Moses said, I'm not able to bear all this people alone because it's too heavy for me. And if thou dealest with me thus, kill me, I pray thee. Kill me out of hand if I have found favour in thy sight. And let me not see my wretchedness. Moses was in distress. Moses was doubting his role as the leader. Moses was ready to quit. He was sick and tired of the whinging, the moaning, the complaining of maybe close to three million people. Did he question God's purpose? Yeah, he did. He shouldn't have, but he did. He doubted. But did he lose faith? No, he didn't. He didn't lose faith because he tells us that he looked to God for help. He hadn't lost faith in God. Now, how about the prophet Elijah? Uh, Did he uh, have doubts? Yeah. Elijah had doubts. I think sometimes we always find ourselves in a situation like Elijah did. Elijah had had a great victory over the prophets of Baal. 
King Ahab was a wicked king uh, ruling in Israel and he had uh, brought about in this uh, worship of Baal and uh, there were lots of uh, prophets or priests of, of Baal around at that time. And uh, God used Elijah to defeat these prophets in a great demonstration of power, a contest between the prophets of Baal and God. Whereupon they set up two great sacrifices and then they asked the prophets of Baal to come down and consume their sacrifice and uh, the prophets of Baal couldn't do it. They ranted and raved uh, forever and ever and Baal never came down and consumed that particular uh, uh, altar of sacrifice that was made. And then uh, uh, Elijah went and poured water all over everything and then God came down in a great fire and consumed everything. And the prophets of Baal went, wow, we're in trouble. And they were. Elijah defeated the prophets of Baal that day and the God of heaven got all the glory. This was a mighty victory. Over 400 prophets of a false god and the true God had showed his power and Elijah had, had been the instrument that God had used. What a victory. But you know, sometimes after great victories, when we've done well, sometimes trouble comes. Well, it came to Elijah. The Word of God tells us this. And Ahab told Jezebel, Jezebel was his wife. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. And with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. And when Jezebel sent a message unto Elijah saying, So let the gods do unto me and more so, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. Makes me wonder who was wearing the crown in that house. But anyway, what did the mighty Elijah do? The mighty Elijah who just had this great victory over false gods and false prophets? Did he stand and fight? Did he say, hey, you can't touch me. My God's better than you. No. He turned and ran. And he ran and he ran and he ran. And finally, he ended up by a creek and hid himself under a bush thinking that he should die. Was he discouraged? Oh, yeah, he was discouraged. I think we all face times of discouragement, sometimes greater, sometimes not so great. But did he doubt God's ability to keep and provide for him? Oh, yes. Yes, he did. He ran from that pesky Jezebel. He made himself a day's journey unto the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree and requested for himself that he might die and said, It is enough now, O Lord. Take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. Depressed almost. But God took care of him. God provided for him. He didn't lose faith in God, but he lost faith in his own Self in his ability. All of these men, great men of God, doubted at some time in their life. But God took them and lifted them up and used them for his purposes later on. God did not discard them because of a little doubt. 
Now, in these times of uncertainty in which we live, God can do that for us. God can remove the doubt. God can lift us up. God can give us a new purpose. God can transform those doubts into positive things that we can do for him. It's been said, if a man begin with certainties, he shall end with doubts. But if he shall be content to begin with some doubt, he'll end with certainty. If you have some doubt, settle it. Get it cleared up. Get it sorted out. Trust Jesus. Go to Christ. Ask him to be your helper. Amen. Now, if we go back to John the Baptist... He was having these doubts. He had doubts of his own. And we can look back at history and we can read the Bible. We can understand uh, about the gospel of Jesus Christ, about what he did, about who he was, about how he on the cross of Calvary, as he died there, shed his precious blood. That through that and his resurrection three days later, we could find salvation. We could have our sins forgiven by faith in Christ. John didn't know that. He thought perhaps something was happening, but we have the benefit of a Bible to read. He didn't. And so he had some doubts. Perhaps he didn't quite understand the ministry of Christ. What was it about? What was he actually going to do? Luke records John knew quite a bit about Christ. But there he was, languishing in this filthy jail, doubts filling his mind. Nobody to converse with, just four walls. And Luke records John's message. And in Luke chapter 3, we read this. And as the people were in expectation, and all then mused in their hearts of John, whether he were the Christ or not, John answered, saying to them all, I indeed baptise you with water, but one mightier than I come, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to loose. He shall baptise you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor, and will garner the wheat into his garner, but the chaff he will burn with fire unquenchable. And many other things in his exhortation preached he unto the people. John had an understanding of who Christ was, but now he was doubting. John really made one of the great pronouncements about Christ that has ever been made. When he one day he saw Jesus coming towards him, he looked at Jesus and to his disciples who were gathered around, and he said, The Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. There he was speaking of Jesus, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Those around him would have well understood that God required the sacrifice of a lamb to cleanse from sin. John did have an understanding, but somehow in the confusion, he began to doubt. Perhaps the stress of prison combined with the uncertainty of how would all this come about brought about that doubt. But we shouldn't judge him too harshly, should we? We've all had doubts. Well, I have. 
There have been times in my life when I've doubted. How are you going to do this, God? What are you going to do? I don't understand. And perhaps you're having those doubts today. There you are at home thinking about things. How's this all going to end? What am I going to do? How am I going to get to the shops and buy the things that I need that some people have a whole room full of? <laughs> well, we think they have. Those particular paper goods that we uh, just find impossible to get a hold of in the shop right now. How's it all going to end? Yeah, we're probably having some doubts. John sent two messengers to Jesus to clear up those doubts. And they asked him, art thou the one or do we seek someone else? Now, when they came to Jesus, he didn't give them a, a lesson in theology. Um, he didn't give them um, a sit-down talk about prophecy and all the things that were in the Bible about what was going to happen. Jesus didn't do that. But by grace and in mercy, he invited them to watch and to see as he healed the people, as he uh, comforted them. Blind men were given sight, lame men walked, the dumb were given speech and so on. I'm quite sure these miracles were frequent. Um, don't think for one moment that all of the miracles that Jesus ever did are recorded in the scriptures because they're not. They are kind of samples of what Jesus did. Here we see that there's Jesus out there for the day healing people and so on. He brought those disciples to him and he showed them the evidences that demonstrated who he was. He really was the Messiah. He really was the Son of God. He really was the Christ, the anointed of God. He really was the Saviour who not too long after this would die on the cross of Calvary and pay the penalty for your sin and for my sin. Just as Elias Elijah had said, not Elijah, Isaiah, sorry, just as Isaiah had said, and in that day shall the deaf hear the words of the book and the eyes of the blind see out of obscurity and out of darkness. The meek also shall increase their joy in the Lord and the poor among men shall rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. Jesus turned those two messengers of John the Baptist into messengers of good news. And he said, go your way and tell John what things you have seen and heard, how the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to the, to the poor, the gospel is preached. You see, when we turn to Jesus, doubt falls away. And that's what John had done. <coughs> Jesus hadn't established and wasn't going to establish a political kingdom by the power of the ballot box. He wasn't going to establish a warrior's kingdom by the power of the sword. But what he was doing was establishing a kingdom in the hearts of men and women. And he concluded his reply to those messages saying, and blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. And that word offended 
has to do with stumbling over. Jesus didn't want John to stumble over the gospel message that he was bringing. And there are people today who stumble over the gospel message. We need to understand and to realise Jesus is, as John discovered exactly who he said he was. Jesus is the Son of God. He did die to pay the penalty for our sin. He did rise again the third day and he is now seated in the right hand of God and he is willing and able to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. People want to to criticise Christians today. Criticise them for not changing the world, not solving all the political problems, not fixing up the economic problems, not sorting out all the social discord that's around and about, and maybe even not solving the health problem that we face right now. But what we need to understand is that God works through individuals, through people like you and me. See, when we trust Jesus Christ as our Saviour, God changes us by work of his Holy Spirit within us. And what the world forgets or doesn't care to know is that God changes the world little by little by changing you and me and other Christians. God changes the world by changing individuals. The Christian's main job is to bring those who do not cry, know Christ, to Christ, so that they can trust him, so that they can be saved, to bring lost sinners to the Saviour. The rest of what happens is a byproduct of that, that salvation, that blessing that we have. Jesus said, neither shall they say, lo, lo here or lo there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. John the Baptist discovered God's kingdom was not as man's kingdom. God's kingdom was within the heart of man. So what can we learn from all of these things that we've considered today? Well, we can learn that having doubts doesn't mean that we have no faith. John the Baptist had doubts, but he still trusted Jesus and went to him. We can also learn that we need not be surprised or offended if God's plan doesn't match what we think it ought to be. Sometimes God's plan is quite different to how we think it ought to work out. Jesus told John that, and he'll tell us that too. And we also need to learn that our task as Christians is not to moan and groan, but to share the gospel, to bring people to Christ and then to disciple them and allow God to work from the inside out in those people. What a blessing that is, to see people leave their doubts behind and grow in Christ. Now, isolation isn't good for anybody. It's not good for the soul of men and women. John found himself in that situation. We too find ourselves in that situation today, 
isolated from our social contacts, isolated even from family. We live in these uncertain times, but there is nothing uncertain about Christ. Nothing to be doubted about Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, remember, John asked a question. He asked a question of Jesus through his disciples. Art thou he that should come or look we for another? And that was in Luke chapter 7, verse 19, the last part of it. The answer to that question is found in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 4, verse 12, we read this. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. So today, if doubts are flooding your mind, if confusion is causing you distress, if you're troubled today, turn to Jesus, for there is no other name under heaven whereby you must be saved. Let's bow and pray. And I'll ask Pastor Hall to lead the last song. Heavenly Father, we'll thank you today. Thank you for the blessing of your word. Thank you now for all your goodness to us. Drive away those doubts, Lord. Help us have faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And we'll thank you in his precious name. Amen. Wow. All right. Thank you, Pastor Shalabert. I hope uh, you've been listening. I hope you caught uh, the, the truth behind that message. Uh, my doubts have uh, been uh, alleviated somewhat, and uh, my faith increased just from a, a brief look at the Lord's Word and, and will. Uh, it has been revealed this morning. I hope you can say the same thing. Thank you again. Uh, Pastor Shalabar. Let's go to song number 504. You should have the uh, words on, uh, on the screen there. Oh, say but I'm glad.
Dear Lord, we thank you for the message that we've heard this morning. Lord, we thank you that uh, uh, you are a God who can remove doubts, who can uh, decrease uh, our, our confusion, our lack of understanding, our lack of trust, our lack of faith. Lord, uh, you can help us to have a greater faith in, in your word, your will, and your way. Lord, help us to be obedient to the things you've revealed to us. Help us to, uh, to be uh, not faithless, but faithful. Lord, uh, help us to be glad, as we've just uh, sung about, Lord. Uh, glad that we're saved. Glad that we're trusting in you and looking to you. Lord, help us to be gladly involved in the gospel ministry. Lord, telling others about you, pointing others uh, to the Savior, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, who alone takes away the sins of the world. Lord, we're so thankful for the reminder uh, from the life of John the Baptist and others, Lord, uh, as it's been revealed in your word today. We're thankful for uh, the church you've raised up here, Shoalhaven Baptist Church. We're thankful for Pastor Shalabair. Lord, please uh, uh, help us to take the truths we've learned today uh, to the world around us. Help us to, to make them real in our lives and in our homes. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.